Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Mid-Major Madness podcast. My name is Russ Steinberg. We are back for the third time this week. We've got a really special guest with us today. It is the head coach of the undefeated 1-0 New Orleans Privateers. It is Mark Schlesinger. Uh, coach, thank you so much for joining us. Congrats on the season opening win last night. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's it's good to good to, good to talk to you while I'm undefeated. I like it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, well, we we had to get you on, uh, especially after a game like last night. You guys scored 115 points, the record for uh, points in a game in your arena. 115 to 58, the win over Spring Hill. Just to start off, generally, what did you like from that game, and what did you learn about your team? You know, one of the things that I thought was was wonderful is I think over our nine-year tenure here, uh, we have our deepest team that we've had uh, since I've been here, and that you know that includes you know you know three seasons ago when we were in the NC tournament and CBI and CIT the last two. I think I think we've got our deepest team. Uh, it was fun to be able to see a lot of different pieces be able to go in there and play together, uh, but I thought that they shared the ball extremely well we ended up with 28 assists and, and to 10 turnovers uh, which was good and I, I thought they played with with focus throughout the night uh, and did a good job we know we've got uh, a brutal next four games uh, and we really needed to to make some good steps forward uh, last night in our game to be able to to prep us uh, for a really tough stretch coming up yeah you talked about how deep your team is I know you know Bryson Robinson is the guy who People are going to and know off the bat he had 22 points. He also had five other guys uh, in double figures. But start with uh, start with Robinson, I believe, a first team preseason selection in the uh, Southland. Just uh, describe his game and what you expect uh, him to be able to do for you this year. Yeah, he's one of those great stories in in college basketball um, that you know you, you get you get sometimes in coaching where. Uh, here was a guy that we, we, we ended up signing in the spring of his senior year. We were really his only Division One offer. Um, he came in, didn't play much, maybe like less than 70 minutes his freshman year on the on our NCAA tournament team, uh, but just has worked uh, ridiculously hard uh, to get to where he's at. And, you know, the credit goes to him, but he's he's such a good worker. He's He's a – a very high-end student. He's been an honor roll student for us. He's active on campus. Uh, he was even an orientation leader in the summer. Uh, we talked about him being a business major and trying to, to stretch himself a little bit, get him out speaking in front of people, doing some different things. Uh, so he became an orientation leader in the summer to get some some growth in that area. Uh, but I think it's been interesting to see that, you know, here's a guy that always could shoot the ball well, but has made himself into a lot more of a complete player. Uh, and it'll be fun to watch him adjust to being uh, where he was always a secondary scorer for us uh, to be able to be, you know, the marked man that, that people are going to run different coverages at and, and run different uh, schemes at to be able to keep him from scoring and how quick he can adjust uh, and learn uh, to be able to get, to keep his production where it needs to be uh, amongst different coverages. Yeah, it, it has to make your job a lot easier as a head coach to have someone like that who has improved so much over his four-year career. You mentioned how active he is on campus. He's a good student. It has to be a really 
good example for your younger players, especially considering you're going to have to lean on a lot of them this season, you know, in order to reach your potential. There's no doubt. And it's fun. It's fun to see. I think, you know, there's so many ways to do this and, um, you know, there's no one right way. I think each coach head coach has a way that he feels fits him and fits their, their program. Um, you know, for us, uh, we have always done better with older guys and guys that have been with us and been in our program for a long time. And uh, those are those are the ones that have had the most success. And so we've been able to uh, to grow and develop them. And then, you know, they kind of uh, carry that tradition or culture on uh, to one another. And that's the part that's really, really rewarding uh, just as a coach. And when you look at it as, as what you do for a living and, that, and why you do it and how you do it and you know, for me, it's it's a ministry of how can I get these guys uh, prepared for life and see them get to the next spots. Man, is it is it fun to see a kid like him come and and see his development and just how proud his mother is of him and and all the things that that have come with it. So, uh, but but and then to see you know he was that younger guy just a blink of an eye ago, and then now all these other guys got to follow behind him. And, and really, with only two seniors this year. Um, you know, I feel good about our future and where we're going to go uh, moving forward for sure. Yeah, only two seniors. So you're going to have, obviously, you would hope at least a lot of uh, returners next year and the year after. Who who are kind of the next guys in line for you, you think? Well, our junior class has been pretty dynamic. Um, you know, Damien Rosser has, is kind of a, you know, a Swiss Army knife for us where uh, we literally can play him one through five uh, in in the Southland. He's he's a weird size matchup at at six five, uh, where we can put him in a lot of different places. He's very gifted athletically, but is a coach's son, a high school coach's son uh, from Metro Atlanta, and has a, a very high basketball IQ. Uh, so he gives us the the flexibility to do a lot of different things. Troy Green is a local player that's a a, a two year letterman for us. Uh, coming to his junior year as well, that that man has had a huge summer and really is um, he's built like a tailback and just uh, really dynamic uh, physically. And then I think we've got he he at one point he was the smallest uh, guy in Division One. We got a a, a guard uh, from here in town who's about five four five five, uh, tiny but just a jet and uh, and about an eight foot mouth. Uh, if, if he's five, five in stature, his mouth is, is giant and really has a great presence and energy and really shares uh, that amongst his teammates and, and is really contagious in his enthusiasm and Lamont Burzette. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you about him because he, um, had an injury last year, slowed him down. Correct. And he had 11 assists last night. How, how much what level of trust do you have in him to kind of run your offense? A ton. I, you know, I think, I think he'll, he'll be a, a guy that'll be uh, in and out of the lineup based on matchups a lot. And he's aware of that based with the size. Um, he, he had shin splint, like uh carryover from high school shin splints a year ago uh, that just couldn't ever heal. Uh, so they, they ended up doing a surgery at the end of last season to, to insert a, a metal rod in his tibia. Uh, so when we fly out uh, tomorrow out of, out of Armstrong, uh, he'll have to have his little card cause he's going to go off on the metal detector for sure. 
Uh, so, so he, he was, he was, he, we got a great laugh out of that. He brought it in and showed oh, wow. it to me. So we got a great laugh out of that. So, so, but he's, he's tough as nails, uh, kept playing on, you know, in reality, what was a broke leg, uh, for as long as he possibly oh, could to try to help the team. Uh, but just a, a tough, tough kid, uh, who's got great passion and great heart and is a ton of fun to coach. Now he, he is listed at five foot six. I think you said he, you said five five, but that's uh that's right around my height. So I I'd, I'd love to know what someone of maybe yeah. yeah five six five six is generous. Okay, five six is kind of generous. It, for I, me I, I I always I always give him a hard yeah I always give him a hard time. I tell him I tell him we signed him because I was sick of being the shortest guy at work every day. <laughs> uh, how tall and, are you at, at five nine okay. five okay. nine with shoes? So so it was I was tired of being the shortest guy at work every day. So. It, but the funny story, I, I saw him when I first got this job, he was a sixth or seventh grader, uh, you know, running around the gyms. He was a, a gym rat was at, was at every high school game with his daddy and, and one of his youth coaches, playground coaches here and would see him all the time. And we just hit it off talking as a little kid. And, and I said, you know, one day, one day you're going to play for me. And, and we always high five each other and laughed and, and uh, he really developed and, and into a good very, very good high school player, won multiple state championships uh, in basketball and football. Uh, and so he ended up staying home and being a part of our team. And, and he's been, he's been a lot of, a lot of fun to coach. That's so cool. I always feel like I have to root for the guys who are like my height or shorter. There's not a lot of us in, uh, in division one. So it's always great to see Correct. that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, you know, just, I, I know maybe not a whole lot you could take, from just one game, but you had um, freshman uh, Aaron Freeman. Is that how you pronounce his first name? Correct. Uh, yeah, he uh, played 16 minutes, scored 13 points. W- wondering what you expect from him this year. Yeah, he's. we, we thought he, uh, in the recruitment process, we thought he had the ability to be a really, really uh, talented player. Two years ago or three years ago now, uh, we had the player of the year, uh, who was also from Florida, originally named Eric Thomas, uh, who was the Southland Conference Player of the Year, tournament MVP, and an All-American for us. And uh, Aaron and him have such similar games and favor each other so much uh, in how they play, their pace, their style. Uh, and in, in the things we do offensively, uh, it really uh, tailors to him and, and what he can do. And we've always thought he would have uh, have a good start. He's he's battled through a couple injuries. He he was concussed uh, in in the fall tra- in training camp. He you know he had a couple injuries uh, that kind of slowed his his uh, development a little bit. But he's starting to come on and really really play well. And and I really think all the, the freshman class for us will be uh, a very good one uh, before it's over. And I'm excited to be able to play all those guys. Uh, quite a bit in the in the non conference, they're all going to see a lot of a lot of run and a lot of minutes, and uh, it'll be it'll be neat to see. We had two good scrimmages too. We scrimmaged Stanford and Alcorn, uh, and had two good scrimmages from those as well uh, with 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 those coaches. And so we've we've got a pretty good handle on where we're at um, with with some different things. But I think we'll have a lot of diversity to be able to play a lot of different ways. I'm wondering in in those scrimmages that that you had, um, you know, looking at the box score from last night, you guys allowed less than 0.7 points per possession. It was a really good 
defensive game. You've been a very good defensive team in the past. Was that reflected in the scrimmages as well? In some, in some, in in a couple of the halves, it was. We had a couple uh, not so good halves, which was great for me as a coach. Uh, not so good for them as the, <laughs> as the team in the week after that. Uh, so it was really good. It showed me that in our staff that we could, that they were figuring out the concepts. They were understanding the things that we were teaching them. We just had to to get them up to speed and hold them accountable to, to the level that we need to play at. I think uh, we've been so proud of, of how we've been able to compete defensively over the last three years and, and not just turning people over. The easy one is, is the, our turnover rate, our defensive turnover percentage has been, you know, obviously very, very high the last three years, but we also have taken a lot of pride in being a team that can turn people over without fouling. Uh, I think that that's, for a team that hasn't shot the ball uh, traditionally well, we've never been accused of being a great shooting team or, or even pretended to be. Uh, so we've known that we've had to limit uh, putting people on the line for us to have success in, in what would be our formula uh, to, to be able to win a game. And so I think we've been able to do that. And that, that goes back to them being, uh, being good, smart student athletes and then the staff really working to take off to, to hold them accountable and, and, and keep coaching them all the time. It's a, it's one of those things that you've got to work at. You got to work at all the time. You can't take a day off on it, uh, or else you're really going to slip. And, and once you start fouling and put people on the line where they don't need to be, uh, it'll make it hard if you don't shoot the ball well. Right. Uh, so, you know, just something that you you hear by talking to other coaches or players. If you're going to be that good of a defensive team, and if you're going to defend like that without fouling, it's got to take. Uh, some some rough practices in in the preseason is, is that correct? There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And and for us, um, we I mean we go a lot. Um, I'm a gym rat, uh, an Indiana guy that that has always been in the gym, never wanted to be anywhere else. And luckily, we've been able to get guys, coaches, and players in the program that 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 are the same uh, mindset. And so it's been a lot of fun. Uh, to see that, but it, every day, uh, every day we work on stance. Every as, as silly as it sounds, every day we work on stance. Every day we work on, you know, how do we deny what do, what hand are we using? Uh, constantly going over and over the same uh, fundamentals every day. You know, from now until March, we'll we'll keep working on the same things. And um, I just think that it's not, you know, you got to do the the simple things right multiple times a day. Uh, to have carry. Right. Uh, you, you said it a couple of times. You're, you're an Indiana guy. You're going to play Butler next. I mean, obviously, you're familiar with the program, the history around the Butler program, the, you know, uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse. What's that going to be like taking your team into there now on Saturday? It'll be a ton of fun. The last time uh, we went up there was uh, my second, second year, I believe. Uh, we had a, you know, that was when we were uh, our program was in, still in a uh, great state of flux um, after the storm and all the things that went with it. Uh, we were in a, a very unique situation. And uh, Brad and, and Coach Stevens and, and the staff and I have been friends for a long, long time. They were, uh, we were lucky enough to have them bring us up. Uh, then uh, we had to, ironically, we stalled the ball uh, a lot in that game to keep it close uh, got booed a ton, uh, which I found which I found great irony and joy out of, in getting booed in Hinkle Fieldhouse for stalling the ball, where 
the place where Bobby Plump uh, held the ball for several minutes yes. uh, in the state championship game uh, to win it uh, for Milan back in the day. So it was tons of, of hilarious irony. And my assistant, uh, Chris Arkenberg, who's been with me all nine years, is actually from Milan. Uh, so there's a, a ton of, of history there for that. But it's one of those places that uh, if, if I can get our team up there, I always like to, to try to get a game in the Midwest. It, it's just different. Uh, especially being in the middle of football country down here, uh, it's always good to see um, for them to get exposed to a different a different setting. But I've always had a ton of respect for them. Jeff Meyer, their their associate head coach, was a, a very very kind to me as a young head coach when I was 24 and a head junior college coach and not knowing what I was doing. He was always so kind to me. Uh, so I got a ton of respect for them, and it's a really cool opportunity for for myself and my family. Uh, and, you know, for my parents to, to see his coach up there and, and my friends, it's, it's really a dream come true. Yeah, it, it's, it's a cool opportunity for you. It's cool for your players to get the chance. But you guys have to uh, actually go out and play the game now. And how do you how do you Correct. prepare for a team like Butler, you know, in the Big East? Obviously, they recruit and play at a different level than you guys do. How do you prepare a team for that? Well, I think for us, we look at every one of these. When you go through and you see our non-conference schedule every year, um, no one could ever accuse me of being shy in non-conference schedule. Uh, We've taken a lot of pride in in going out and playing people. Um, Being in this conference nearly 20 years and having worked for Mike McConaughey at Northwestern State for 11 of those, uh, we always had a very clear idea that if you were going to, we were one bid league, we knew it. If we were going to win the tournament and get to the NCAA tournament and win a game, you had to go challenge yourself in the non conference. You had to put your student athletes in those environments, in those situations, uh, to prep them to have success in March. And you're going to take a hit or two uh, along the way. However, in the long run, you're going to be much more prepared. And I look at these games like, okay, we're going to go play uh, our way. We're going to uh, have a specific game plan that we're going to stick with and go. And, and, and you're always looking to get exposed. You know, like I need to see where uh, our cracks are in our wall, where our weaknesses are um, through this adversity that will come with it and figure out how we can then flip that and fix it as quickly as we can and really get them to compete uh, for 40 minutes. And, you know, you, you do that and you do it over and over again and you keep coaching uh, as corny as it sounds, but you really, really coach every single possession every time uh, and the expectation changes. And then, you know, you're able to go to Washington State and went on the road. UTEP went on the road. Bradley go went on the road. Uh, some of the places we've had uh, success doing it, uh, I think it changes their idea and their mentality of, of what's acceptable and, and what's going to happen. Uh, so we know that it's a big challenge, but it'll be a lot of fun. And and you've been, you know, we've been working on on the scout piece and the prep for several weeks, and in what we've been doing in drill work, uh, and some of the things that them and SMU. Will yeah, do. yeah, you've got, you know, you, you mentioned the next three games. It's at Butler, at SMU, at Mississippi State. Uh, then you go to Hawaii after that. Um, that's that's a rough stretch. You, you're coming off of a game last night where you had nine guys who played double digit minutes. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure some of that was just a product of what the score was, but do you expect to have that sort of <coughs> depth going forward or at, at least close to that? 
yeah, I, th- I think we could play. I, I don't think there's a, a huge separation in our top. You know, we, we got one out for the year uh, with a red shirt we knew. Uh, one on a on a on a recruited redshirt that we knew we were going to redshirt. So I mean, we have 12, 12 guys, and there isn't there isn't a ton of a ton of great drop off necessarily. And I think each night it'll be uh, a com- us searching for the right combination that's going to give us the best night that night. And I think you'll see us play, you know, literally nine, ten, eleven guys a night uh, until we can figure out what that what that combination will be and who will separate themselves. And over the course of the year, I think the more guys we can play, it'll give us so many more options in February uh, and March uh, when, you know, an injury comes or, or something happens where a guy just isn't having a good night and you can call on, call on a, a guy off the bench who can come in and bring, bring something to the table that people didn't expect. Yeah. And it, when you actually do get to conference play, you, you guys were picked to, win the conference, but I looked at the preseason poll. You had five um, five teams receiving first place votes. Is, how deep is this conference, and who are the teams that you expect the biggest challenge from? I think it's ridiculously deep, and, and it's interesting because, you know, I think I, I think Central Arkansas is, is, is maybe as talented an offensive team as there is in our league. Uh, Coach Pennell is, is really, really special uh, defensively or offensively uh, in the things that he can do. Uh, but then Abilene is really strong again. Sam Houston is really strong again. Stephen F. Austin has reloaded with a new team. They went on a foreign tour, had a lot of success on the on the foreign tour. Houston Baptist has, you know, maybe the best score in the league in Ian Dubos, who they took, you know, Tulsa to the wire yesterday. And then you go through like two unique teams that people aren't talking about that are very, very good as McNeese. McNeese has eight or nine uh, two-year transfers or junior college transfers. Nichols has eight or nine four-year transfers on the team. So if those teams gel and mesh, you know, I don't. who's to say those teams aren't the ones uh, that are right at the top at the end of the year. So I think there's a lot of, of diversity and styles of play. And there's a lot of really, really good, talented uh, teams in our league, and it's it's a fun league to coach in, and it's a it's an even more fun uh, league to watch because of the variance of styles uh, that people play, and and overall, generally, the foot speed uh, comparatively to other leagues is is off the charts. You uh, you, you mentioned a little while ago you've been in this league either as an assistant or a head coach for about twenty years. Last three years now at New Orleans, you guys have won at least 11 conference games. What's made the program so successful in this league, and how do you maintain that? Having, you know, stability and not having guys transfer in in an era where people are transferring all the time and they're on on the market to leave. Uh, We've been really lucky. To, to keep guys within our program, to keep guys here that want to be a part of what we're doing, uh, that enjoy living in our city, that enjoy uh, the academic rigor uh, that goes along with our, our, our university. I think that's the biggest piece. And then, you know, being able to be good defensively, uh, you're not always going to be able to control whether you're making shots every night. And I always tell people nobody misses a shot on purpose. Uh, but, 
but you sure can guard and, and rebound. And I think we've been able to establish uh, that we're going to do those things at a pretty high clip every night and play, uh, play hard with a lot of passion. And I think that's kind of been an equalizer for us to be uh, successful and be sustained. It's something you kind of have to ask uh, every coach. If you're a team, you know, near the top of your league, that Southland, you have to think at the end of every season, you you probably have to re-recruit your best player because he's a candidate to transfer. Is is that something you've had to deal with? Just struggling to keep your guys here we uh, luckily and, and thank god we ha- we have it. uh guys have i just think guys have enjoyed being here i think we, we've got really good relationships um with our with our, our student athletes i think our staff really works multiple times a day uh at whether it's coaching them uh checking on them developing them uh, they we're just with them a lot and i just think that you know when when guys know how much you love them and how much they care about you, um, the grass doesn't always look greener on the other side. And, and I think we're ha- we've had success and we've been in the hunt for whether we've won a championship or we've been in the hunt going into the last two, two weeks, uh, last three years in a row, and then being in the championship game two of the last three. I think guys know that, that the success that they want in getting to the NC tournament and, and winning, they can do it here. Uh, as opposed to anywhere else. And I think that's a big part of it. Right. And you've gotten the program to where it is now. When you got here, they were still an independent. Um, Just looking at the progress that they've made, and I know there have been some kind of unique challenges uh, specifically to this university. What, What has been the most challenging part of getting to where you guys are now? And what do you look, what do you think needs to happen to take that next step, whatever that might be? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I, I think early on, a big, uh, 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 our biggest battle was information misinformation of who we were, who we are, where we are, what we are. Um, just because of everything that had happened, we had so many things that, that went right, uh, that, that, didn't get talked about per se. And so uh, getting student athletes to know that, hey, we're not an independent anymore. We're in the Southland Conference. Hey, we've got this incredible tradition uh, of college basketball that, you know, in the 80s and in early 90s, we were the Wichita, we were a Wichita State and, and Butler and Gonzaga to a certain extent. We were legitimately in the top 25 in, in trying to, uh, to, to re-educate people of how great a history our program has and, and, and we work to, to cultivate and rebuild towards, that was it. Now the next step for us to get to, to, the, to take our program to the next step is continue uh, to be in the hunt uh, deep into February for a conference championship, continue to go to postseason uh, every year in tournament play, uh, continue to have the university to invest and believe in us. Uh, that way we can uh, do more with less uh, comparatively to other people. We we make no bones that we, we don't we don't ever say uh, that we have uh, a great budget or, or more than other people. We, we're very realistic of who we are and where we are. Uh, but I do think we've we've done a better than average job of of get doing more that was less 
than a lot of other people have. Uh, and I think that's goes back to a lot of our attitude, our, our, our culture at the university level of uh, this is a blue collar school that uh, when you come to school here, you're going to come to work and, and we're going to have a lot of fun. We're in New Orleans. We're going to enjoy ourselves. Uh, but at the same time, we're going to work to get a great education and uh, do it the right way. Right. You, you've been now in the postseason the last three years, NCAA tournament and then CBI and CIT. I'm wondering, when you guys fall short of that NCAA tournament goal, how much value do you see in playing in those other tournaments? And, and do you think that's helped you at all in terms of you know, visibility? I, I 100% uh, believe in the value and uh, for this reason. I think there are certain moments as a coach that are hard, very, very hard to replicate in training, uh, to use that as a term. Some people say practice, but in training, it's very hard to replicate an elimination game. And the nerves that go along with it, uh, the pressures that go along with it, and I, I really believe with all my heart, the more times you can put your team in an elimination game scenario, the better they will be the next time they get in that one. So, you know, two years ago when we didn't get to the championship game and we played in the CBI and we went to the second round in it and lost at the buzzer uh, at Campbell to on a Ricky Clemens, you know, crazy shot night, you know, right. he had a million of them. Uh, uh, or Chris, Chris Cummins, I'm sorry, but he, I mean, the dude could just score like crazy. Uh, he's an NBA player for, it's easy to see. Um, but that, that, those experiences of those two games gave us the ability, I really believe to be able to get back to the championship the next year. Uh, the guys were very, very confident in the tournament. They had a, had a, a, a piece. They understood the situation. They were not, uh, frazzled or, or, or not in control of their emotions throughout the night. And I think that that's a, a, a big part that the common person doesn't see uh, when, they, when sometimes they discredit those tournaments. Uh, but for me, in trying to give our student-athletes the best opportunity, again, whether it's that season to get as deep as we can or the next season to prep them uh, to try to win our tournament uh, to get to the NCAA tournament, man, it's invaluable. And I'm thankful that you know, our, our university and our administration has seen that as well and given us the opportunity to. And, and I just think exposure-wise, anytime you're still playing, uh, you know, there's 68 teams in one tournament, however many of the NIT, and that number that keeps going down each day of how many of the 350, uh, one or four, however many it is this year, teams are still playing and you're still alive. It's a, it's a hell of a feeling to be able to still be able to go to practice uh, when everyone else is shut down and trying to do something else, uh, for a, for a, a, a basketball junkie like me, man, I just want to keep I just want to keep going one more day. I want keep want to coach that team one more day uh, to see if we can figure out how to get them a little bit better. Yeah, I I do want to um, I'll I want to let you go in in a little bit, let you get back to work, but I can't let you leave without asking about this video that went up on the uh, New Orleans men's basketball programs, Instagram yesterday of you, uh, dancing. It looks like in the, <laughs> in the lobby of your gym. Is that correct? That was at, that was at the student center. At the student a, center. Pep rally. Yeah. They had a pep rally yesterday, uh, uh, for, uh, for our game. And, and so, 
uh, yeah, me and a couple of the guys jumped out. Me and Damien Rosser and a couple of the guys jumped out and started dancing with with uh, some of the staff. And one of the ladies uh, that works in the in our dining hall was out there, and she was talking trash to me. So <laughs> I, I could I could I had I I have a lot of pride, and and I I couldn't let her know that that I, that I that I'm not I'm not of rhythm. <laughs> I actually can keep I actually can keep a beat. I actually can move a little bit. So uh it was it gave me great credibility in our dining hall with our staff. So I was happy with that. My guys uh have had a ton of fun with it, trust me. A ton of fun with it. So but you got this is this is a dream life. I, I live a dream life. I, I'm doing the only job that I've ever wanted to do since I was a kid, uh growing up in Bloomington, Indiana. This is the only job I've ever dreamed of doing why not have a ton of fun with it and enjoy life and love the people you're around and enjoy yourself and, and not take yourself too seriously. I mean, come on, seriously. I, I got a great, I got a great dad bod. They got it. know it. <laughs> yeah. I, I could see that. Are, are you thinking maybe if, uh, if the coaching thing doesn't work out, this could be your uh, next career. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know. I never have thought job. what my next yeah. <laughs> what my what my next career would be. I hope I hope I, ne- I hope I never have to have a next career. I hope that I can continue to to keep coaching. I, I I'll be the I'll, I'll be the guy that never walks away. I hope. I hope I can always keep doing this. Yeah, I mean that that's the goal. Or you could also just you know be the guy who sits on Twitter and just tweets eight gifts at us every every night with what <laughs> with whatever we're doing. <laughs> That was that was a great night. That was we, so much we, fun. we had got the kid we had got the kids to bed. My wife and I were, were there. We got the kids to bed. I got I got my, my oldest Bubba is seven. He's in second grade. Nola Ann is my middle. She's the six and in first grade. And then Bo is our baby and he'll be one in a couple weeks. And we had finally got him to bed and the thing had came out on the schedule and you guys are so good at what you do. And, <laughs> Thank you. And ha- and make and make and make the game fun. And make uh and make our niche of the world of college basketball, uh, where I think that some of the people in the Power Five take themselves way too serious uh, for no reason, and are way too way too corporate to a certain extent. Uh, it's this: we're, we people need to remember we we are a part of student life. Uh, no matter what, uh, on a college campus, we represent a part of student life. Athletics is a part of student life, and and we always have to keep that in mind. We got to have fun with it and enjoy ourselves. And, and I told Tony, I, I, my wife, I said, I'm, I said, I'm going to, I said, I'm going to re- respond in all gifts. And she, she rolled her eyes and she said, Oh geez, don't, don't, don't embarrass me. Just don't embarrass me. And so, so I, hopefully I didn't embarrass her. When I, when I gave it to her after I'd sent it to y'all, she laughed. She said, she said, I'm not embarrassed. She actually did. Okay. So <laughs> that, that's, that's good to hear. And, you know, to, to echo what, what you said, I mean, I wouldn't, be doing this if I didn't have fun with it every day. I mean, it, basketball is a game. It's supposed to be fun and covering it is the same way. So thank you for helping us make it even more enjoyable. No, my pleasure. My pleasure. Y'all keep it up. You got, you guys are the high major of content. Oh, wow. Thank you. For sure. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. And uh, good luck with uh, your game at Butler this weekend. You got it. I look forward to talking to you. Hopefully we can stay undefeated and let's uh, let's keep it rolling. If, if we keep doing good, let's keep talking. Yes, that, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Mid-Major Madness podcast. Thank you again to Coach Schlesinger for joining us. 
Just a reminder, as always, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. We are on iTunes. We are wherever it is that you find your podcasts. Rate and review us as well if you'd like. Of course, stay tuned to midmajormadness.com for so much more as this season gets rolling. Once again, my name is Russ Steinberg. Thank you, and we will talk to you again soon.